Count Dooku, more and more planets slip. Against this threat, upon the Jedi Knights falls the duty to lead the newly formed army of the Republic. And as the heat of war grows, so too grows the prowess of one most gifted student of the Force. Hello, Stars fans and Moof Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode 38 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And it's Gabe. And we have got we got a lot to get through. Like, a lot. I know every week we say, man, I can't believe how much stuff there is. And then I think the next week there can't be as much stuff as the week before. Right. But there always is even more. So, I don't know. Let's get through episode 8 stuff. Good. Brother. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode eight. You remember last week when I was talking about Daisy Ridley being on that uh, that podcast called "My Dad Wrote a Porno." Yeah. Okay, so I went. I went and I listened to that whole episode. And number one, I feel like a jerk because my dad wrote a porno is hugely popular in England, and probably some of our UK listeners were probably they'll never listen to the show again. But I listened to the episode, and it's pretty great. It's pretty fascinating. They don't get to episode eight kind of until the very end of the episode. But the hosts ask her some interesting questions. They ask her, does Ray get injured in the film? Daisy Ridley answers, do you mean emotionally or physically? And then she follows it up with, maybe she does? Okay. They ask, does Ray get a new outfit? She follows it up with, maybe. And does Ray get any romance in the film? Which, again, she answers, maybe. So I wonder if she has, like, a list of appropriate responses, and it's just a piece of paper that says maybe on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. She said something interesting after that, though, with the romance, where she said she read something recently where ultimate romance is being in love with your friends, and that's the ultimate thing. So for her, when she talks about that, romance covers a lot of bases. It kind of fits Star Wars romance. What are you talking about? I love you. You love me? 
Finn and Ray, you know, even if Finn some has a romantic thing with the Kelly Marie Tran character, Ray and Finn could still be super duper best friends. Yeah, they're gonna be tight. Finn, what are you doing here? We came back for you. What did he say? That it was your idea. Thank you. How did you get away? I can't explain it, and you wouldn't believe it. Escape now. Hug later. It's her saying that Ray gets either emotionally or physically injured. I definitely believe that. Yeah, and I would believe both. You need a teacher! I can show you the ways of the Force! Like, that almost immediately made me think, like, what if the big question with who are her parents is something that damages her emotionally? Yeah, I would almost feel like a lot of her interactions with Luke may be more emotionally damaging than physical, too, with, yeah, what we're going to find out between the two of them. Right, or whether or not Luke even wants to train her. It may not be like the, okay, you're here, so, you know, here's how you swing a lightsaber kind of situation. He may not want anything to do with any of it. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny. Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. He just takes the lightsaber and throws it in the ocean. (laughs) 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 Nope. (laughs) See you later. Luke out. He just jumps off the cliff, too. Flies away. Yeah. Speaking of Luke, Mark Hamill recently shaved his beard. No. Very, very sad news. It is sad. He still looks handsome, but not as handsome. I... I love I love Mark Hamill, but I like bearded Mark Hamill a lot better. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Mark Hamill doesn't like bearded Mark Hamill better. <laughs> but it's promising that I would think they're happy with the footage they have for Episode 8. If they're not planning reshoots. Or, if they are, maybe we'll get an awesome Attack of the Clones elevator scene Obi-Wan beard. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe they'll just they'll dig out the actual Obi-Wan mullet and beard from clones and just give him that for a couple shots and see if anyone notices. <laughs> it's a shout out. Yeah. It's an homage. You're sweating. Relax. Where are the beard trimmings? Will they be on display at Celebration? I hope so. I hope they're in a glass case. <laughs> Along with his wig. Or if you're going, if he shaved the beard, would you burn the beard trimmings like Qui-Gon I 
Yeah, where's that video on YouTube for charity? Where yeah. they have a little pyre and they just burn his his beard. <laughs> it smell horrible. Ian McDermott shows up watching it. But which was destroyed? The master or the apprentice? There was a story going around that supposedly some people were in line at Celebration Europe waiting for a photo with the uh, the SavingYoda.com, which is like a website uh, run by one of the original Yoda puppeteers, Nick Malley, where they're trying to create a Empire Strikes Back authentic Yoda, like an animatronic one that they could take to conventions and stuff. But the whole thing where they're trying to they're trying to recreate this this perfect Yoda as we remember Yoda from specifically Empire and Jedi. So they had one on display at Celebration Europe, supposedly, and some fan asked, Well, which which Yoda puppet is that? And they said that's Yoda too. And then the guy looked at him and went on saying that they have been called on to work on episode eight and created a Yoda puppet that they referred to as Yoda Eight. Life creates it. Makes it grow. It goes along with rumors that while they were filming episode eight, Frank Oz was in London and there were the sets on the Achu planet that were more elevated than others. And some of the spy photos, all people kind of thinking that there was going to be some Yoda puppeteering going on. But you got to think that this is all kind of coming out of secondhand rumors of someone standing in line at Star Wars Celebration Europe. But regardless... I think you're silly if you don't have Yoda in the movie. They got to give us Yoda at this point. If Luke's there and they're doing Force stuff, you got to have Yoda. Oh, it's right after Obi Wan, right after Yoda died, Obi Wan says to Luke, "Yoda will always be with you." I can't do it, R two. I can't go on alone. Yoda will always be with you. Obi Wan. But man, the whole puppet thing, I don't know. I could I think I think we even talked about this before. It's like I could see them trying to do the puppet since they're trying to, you know, keep it old school, but other than Empire, like they've always Yoda puppets hard to pull off cuz like the Phantom Menace one was kind of weird and even the Jedi one like had the the lazy eyes and stuff like they've really only had uh, one really solid performance of the puppet. But then on the other hand, in, in Phantom Menace, you mean, right? Well, the Phantom Menace one, but then even in Return of the Jedi, remember he's, he had the eyes that didn't the eyes didn't work. The, the only solid Yoda puppet you mean is the one in Phantom Menace, though. Yeah, it was be- the one in Phantom Menace is yeah. better than the one in Empire, in my opinion. Yeah. You're right; that was the best one. Yeah. Ah, hard to see the dark side is. What if in Episode Eight they're like, "Don't worry, everybody." We're doing it practical, and we got the Yoda puppet back. The Phantom Menace Yoda puppet. <laughs> See through you. We can. Well, that's the thing. is like, I, I think if they'd use the puppet to do Ghost Yoda, that kind of makes sense and would look cooler than CG Yoda as a ghost. Yeah. And at that point, if he's a ghost, yeah, Phantom Menace puppet all the way. <laughs> I mean, I started thinking about it like... A puppet ghost Yoda. And even if that puppet Yoda is enhanced with CG, which almost they would have to do to make yeah. the ghost effect on him, I don't know. I think it could look if it was, if they could somehow combine CG Yoda 
and Puppet Yoda. Take the best of both of those. It would be interesting to see a puppet version made to look like the CG Yoda. Ooh. Or maybe they'll make a Yoda that looks like Hayden Christensen. (laughs) (laughs) I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. Hayden Christensen is back as Anakin, but he's a puppet. (laughs) Oh, man. Is it possible to learn this power? Oh, ghost puppet Anakin. Ryan Johnson said it was going to be crazy. Yeah. Why not? The Force is all powerful. Well, you heard it here. Blast Points exclusive. Puppet Hayden Christensen. Yep. Appearing in episode eight. Your step must be quick. Your action, sure. Yoda puppet and the Force lightsaber, each sold separately. As you move your lightsaber, the sound of the Force moves with you. It can be a powerful friend. That is your first lesson. Learn it well. The Force is my lightsaber. The Force is in all things. Even you, my young Jedi. The Force lightsaber and new Yoda puppet, each sold separately from Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. I think to say there was a little bit of Rogue One news this week would be a bit of an understatement. Man. <laughs> was, yeah. At first I was like, man, all these figures, this is great. Oh, man, look at all this Rogue One toys. These look great. I'm starting to think about what I'm going to get for Rogue Friday. But then it was like every single day there was more Rogue One toys. <laughs> We'll see. There's a few months left, but I definitely feel like Rogue One is being marketed way harder than Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. And that and there's more toys. There's been more news stories. I mean, I guess it's weird because it's almost like instead of just coming out and like trying to explain to people what Rogue One is as far as being a Star Wars story, I almost feel like they're just throwing stuff at people to the point of them. I don't know, maybe, like, what the heck is all this stuff? And they're going to look up and figure out themselves what it is? I don't know. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too. Like, uh, there was, like, a USA Today article or something where it was, like, a whole slideshow of nothing but all the different Jin Erso action figures that are going to be available in every possible size. Like, there was, like, super giant Jin Erso's, medium-sized Jin Erso's, like, you know, Black Series yeah. Jin Erso's. And I was like, is this a reaction to the whole, like, Where's Ray thing last year? Uh- that's what I was feeling like, which is cool. I'm glad that they're not making the same mistake they did last time. But yeah, it's kind of funny to see them pushing it the other way. We're like, don't don't worry, we have every size. <laughs> we have. You need a giant one. We got it. We have five thousand different Jin Erso figures ready to go. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. So there was so much Rogue One toy stuff last week. What were some of your favorites? There's the Bay's figure. Yeah, which. With the, the three and a quarter or the, the Disney store one? Oh, gee, I don't... Both? <laughs> <laughs> they forgot about all the Disney store stuff, too. Really, it's probably... I'm just going to buy all the different uh, K2SO figures. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. Thanks. Did you notice that the Disney store titanium K2SO, it looks like you can move his fingers? No, I did not see that. I was really looking at that, and I was like, man, I think you can move his fingers. Those Disney figures are really cool. I don't know if you've gotten any of the Force Awakens ones. I got the Ray one. They're huge. Yeah, and they like, you could kill somebody with it if you threw it at them. They're so heavy. Yeah. 
Jen Erso, Alliance Mission Log 121616. The Empire has misplaced valuable information regarding their latest construction project. He's found it. What about you? I'm Reconnaissance, they have dispatched search teams of all shapes and sizes throughout the galaxy to recover it. So there was the there was the awesome two-minute uh, go rogue short stop motion action figure mini film thing. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. And they're kicking yeah. off a, a fan film contest for toys, which is great. I hope they put all of those online on StarWars.com. Is there voting and all that for those, or is it? It's a contest, right? So yeah, they'll have to do that. I hope. Yeah, I hope they put them all because I want to see all of them. One of my favorite things that came out was, and I don't collect the 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 Funko Pops, but the Saw Gerrera one. We found out that he has one robot foot, and his other foot is wearing a sandal. The world is coming undone. Instantly, I like his style. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. There was the partisan X-Wing fighter. Yeah, what's what's the story with that? So that one just kind of popped up. I haven't really seen much of people talking about it either. It's like there's a cool Hot Wheels starship X-Wing with a sweet black and white, like, diagonal stripe kind of paint scheme and then it's called the partisan x-wing fighter which makes me think of when force awakens came out and we just saw all of a sudden there were things called first order ships or resistance ships so i wonder if that's saw Guerrera's group or the partisans or there's some other rebel group I, it's like when i hear the name it makes me think of saw Guerrera's group yeah it would make sense but who knows so, and there's no like you can't see who the pilot is Mm-mm. so maybe Two tubes is flying one of those. <laughs> Maybe there's twin matching X wings with two tubes in them. And his brother. Yeah. Beefsteak. What was his name? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be insane. And then uh, they announced too that Toys R Us. Every Toys R Us is doing Rogue Friday, which we like last week. I doubted how much Rogue Friday was going to happen, but. It's going on. It's happening. Yeah, it's, I almost feel like we're bordering on Phantom Menace levels of hype and uh, merchandising. Yeah. Maybe not that far, but more towards prequel era than Force Awakens was. We didn't know very much of anything going into Force Friday. Like, we didn't even know when we walked in what really was going to be on the shelves. Yeah, other than... There were some people selling the figures maybe earlier on eBay, and even then that wasn't all of them. So, yeah. Which, if that's the case now, if there's even more stuff that they haven't even shown. Mm -hmm. Which I guess there will be. There's probably, like, radio-controlled drones and weird locker mirrors and, you know, crazy just random stuff like that that there's going to be. But A K2SO mug. Just K2SO arms. Yeah. And boots. (laughs) Like kiss boots, but they're K2SO legs. K2SO t-shirt with Ace Freely. Them hugging. <laughs> Could happen. The captain says you are a friend. I will not kill you. But you're kind of like a spaceman, huh? No, actually, I'm a plumber. 
<laughs> so there was even more Rogue One stuff besides the toys. There was news that there's going to be a, a black astromech droid called C2B5, which they made a point on the Star Wars show of saying that uh, the Empire doesn't grant droids independence and doesn't allow memory wipes. An Imperial astromech droid by the name of C2B5. Now, as you may know, the Galactic Empire relies on astromech droids to maintain its machinery, but unlike the Rebel Alliance, Imperial technicians do not grant their droids independence and subject them to frequent memory wipes to keep them subservient. Where does C2B5 fall into all this? Well, you'll have to find out this December when Rogue One is released. I mean, do you think, is this Vader's astromech? It could be. But part of me feels like once Vader kind of became Vader, that part of Anakin that was fond of droids kind of went away. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. Um, And that maybe he's uh, Krennic's droid or works with the Death Troopers or something. Like, it would be weird for Vader to have a droid and then not have the droid in any of the other movies either. Yeah. Because the TIE Fighters didn't have astromech droids in them. No. He's still super cool looking, though. Yeah, I think he looks really cool. It's cool to see a matte finish droid and the fact that they're kind of announcing him. I would think there's got to be a, some scenes in the movie with him. Maybe there's a he fights K2SO. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> There was the um, the Rogue One prequel book, Catalyst. There was a little synopsis of that that came out online. What's going on with that? So that one was really messing with my head. Um, so basically the synopsis is that uh, what war is tearing the galaxy apart for years, the Republic and the Separatists have battled across the stars, uh, each building more and more deadly technology in an attempt to win the war. As a member of Chancellor Palpatine's top-secret Death Star project, Orson Krennic is determined to develop a superweapon before their enemies can. And an old friend of Krennic's, the brilliant scientist Galen Erso, could be the key. And then here's where it gets nuts. Basically, Galen's uh, energy-focused research has captured the attention of both Krennic and his foes, making the scientist a crucial pawn in the galactic conflict. But after Krennic rescues Galen, his wife, Lyra, I think this is the first we're hearing about, other than I think there was a casting maybe for a character named Lyra. Yeah, and there was there was a photo of the actress playing Lyra that came out. Um, and their young daughter, Jin, basically from Separatist Kidnappers, the Erso family's deeply in Krennic's debt. And Krennic then offers Galen an extraordinary opportunity to continue his scientific studies with every resource put utterly at his disposal. So, so that part was basically freaking me out for a couple days if that uh we've seen the flashback in the footage from rogue one and now it seems like they're basically describing what that is and that's the death troopers and krennic saving his family from separatists yeah so So what does that mean what yeah does that mean we're gonna see death troopers fighting battle droids it will would Modian, they, the Modian soldiers with the little helmets. Would they be so bold to put battle droids in Rogue One? Roger, Roger. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be difficult for them to just whip up the CG bottles, put them in the movie. Yeah, I mean they're they're coming back in Rebels. I think everyone would be kind of because even if you hated them, you'd basically seeing black stormtroopers shoot them, you know, mow them down. Like that would. 
I think people who like the prequels would be like, yeah, battle droids. And people who hate the battle droids would be like, yeah, the stormtroopers are killing them. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody wins. What a terrible shot. Ah, oh, well, it's my programming. I would hope they're real wacky battle droids, too. Like Clone Wars era battle droids. <laughs> like season one Clone Wars battle droids? Yeah, like slipping on a banana peel. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, with Rogue One. StarWars.com had an article that came out by Dana Jennings where they were talking about Mon Calamari's. At the end of the article was a little nugget of information that the Mon Cal in Rogue One are from a colder polar extreme than the other Mon Cal's we've seen before, which come from a more tropical area, and that's why they're more colorful. And that, that information came straight from who else but Pablo Hidalgo. Man, his wife is either the luckiest lady in the world or in a living hell. Because <laughs> she just has to hear all that gold every day. <laughs> Before he leaves for work, let me run this by you. Tell me if you think this is cool. I thought of it in the shower. The gray mancals are gray because they're from a cold part. <laughs> it's like when you go to the, the Costco and there's frozen seafood. <laughs> That's where they're from. That's how he came up with the idea. He was at Costco. Genius! <laughs> oh, I gotta write this down. <laughs> you never know where inspiration will hit. Yeah. Ian McDermott was, he was at a Comic-Con. I don't know where it was. Somewhere in Europe, I believe. Anyways, he was rocking a great big bushy beard. A great big bushy beard. And he was saying that he is not in Rogue One. Yeah, it was great to see that so many people still want to see Star Wars. And of course, Rogue One's on its way. Uh, when I was in charge of things, I mean, the Emperor, not me. Um, I don't feature in that myself, but I understand Darth Vader may be making an appearance. Uh, and they're trying to steal the plans for the Death Star. Well, of course, I haven't allowed that, have I? Kind of makes me sad a little bit. It makes me sad too. But I was thinking it could also mean that if he has not, if he's in the movie but not speaking, like you see a hologram of him and Vader turns it off as mm-hmm. you, you know, someone walks in the room or something that they could use existing footage. Yeah. To just throw him in and they just, they didn't need him on set saying any new dialogue or anything. Unless he's keeping it real Pal- Palpatine style and he's the master of lies. Which could be. And maybe that's why we didn't see Palpatine in. New Hope because he just feel like shaving. <laughs> or <laughs> Emperor Palpatine shows up rocking a great big bushy beard. A great big bushy beard. He's like, Vader, don't you wish you could grow a big bushy beard? <laughs> Do you like my beard? <laughs> you will never grow a beard. <laughs> this beard is growing exactly as I have foreseen. <laughs> These are the stories you've never heard. Told in a way you've never seen. Star Wars Clone Wars, coming this November to Cartoon Network. 2003, the biggest news in between episodes 2 and 3 really was the Clone Wars 2D animated micro-series. Yeah, and it was like right in the midst of kind of prequel madness attack of the clones had been out for about a year and everyone was just 
itching for Revenge of the Sith to come out or for any information on it at that point. And then all of a sudden there's this new, it's new Star Wars and it's new Star Wars. Do you remember it was at least every week, if not every day? Yeah. They were so short. I can't remember if it came out every day of the week. I know it was on, it was on hyperspace, which at the time was the Star Wars.com Star Wars fan club thing. Mm-hmm. And it was on Cartoon Network as well because I I would watch it on on TV at work, and it was like you'd have to run and hurry up and get there ahead of time to watch it because if you were late you'd miss it because they're only like two minutes long. It was so popular when it came out, but it's really been kind of eclipsed by the the regular Clone Wars show. Like when you talk about the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon nowadays, especially with it being on Netflix and so many more people have seen it. People just naturally think of the Dave Filoni Clone Wars show, but there was this other Clone Wars show, and I almost—it's—it's it's odd too because it has been kind of—it didn't even get the Legends treatment really, where it's just kind of not talked about much anymore, and they let the DVDs go out of print. And I wonder if it's just they don't know how to like how to bring it back in a way that doesn't get confusing with the new Clone Wars. And it's it's on YouTube. It's you can easily watch it on YouTube, and it's up multiple multiple times, been posted by lots of different people, and it's not taken down. So obviously, people don't really care that it's out there. But it's odd to me. Like, you know, why wouldn't it just be a special feature on the regular Clone Wars Blu rays? Or I would think if Disney put it out on Blu ray, they would make a lot of money. I would buy an HD version of it. It was. An Emmy Award-winning show, which is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it features some of the same voice actors that later went on to do Clone Wars. And some of the character models on the Filoni Clone Wars were inspired by, if not based off of, this 2D show. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going through the season that's, yeah, obviously influences of the Clone Wars show. I think some of it influenced Revenge of the Sith, even. And then, yeah, just a lot of Star Wars post the Clone Wars cartoon kind of got a lot of inspiration from it. Like, it makes me wonder kind of just what happened. Because the showrunner on this on the show was Gendry uh, Gendry Tartakovsky, which I don't know if I'm can I don't know if anyone can pronounce his last name right. I don't know if I'm doing that right. But he did this show and it came out. But then, if you remember at Celebration Three, George Lucas made the announcement that they were going to do, expand it to a half hour, and they were going to do it in 3D. And we were in the audience when he said that, and I think we all thought that it was going to be, you know, an expansion of what we already knew, because the the most recent season of the 2D Clone Wars had come out just right before that, like literally a month before that announcement from George Lucas. Well, we've been talking uh, about Star Wars TV series, um, we're working on one right now, which is Clone Wars, which has been on the air, and we're going to try to expand that into a half an hour of the 3D animation. Well, I mean, this week we're only talking about Volume 1, which is right closer to the Attack of the Clones stuff, but Volume 2, which well, I'm sure we'll talk about on the show in the future, was basically the crawl to Revenge of the Sith yeah, in animation form, plus another side story mixed in. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was definitely there to, to pump people up for Revenge of the Sith. But yeah, it's interesting going back to the to to this first part. It, like at least for me, it took me back to a time 
when I've, like I had forgotten how exciting in between the prequel films that time was and how much during that time, how involved in the story at least I was and how much I loved, I mean, I still love those characters in the prequels, but how much even at that time, how much even more exciting it was then because it was still so new. Yeah. Cause it was exciting enough to have, there was now two new star Wars movies and attack of the clones kind of being quite a bit different than, Phantom Menace as far as just starting to bring in the whole Clone Wars war thing. I mean, the end of Attack of the Clones is like 45 minutes of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then here's this cartoon, which is more new Star Wars, and it's a new Star Wars cartoon, which really we hadn't had a Star Wars cartoon that really felt like the films since I wouldn't think Ewoks and droids necessarily felt like watching the films. <laughs> Maybe the holiday special cartoon was the closest thing we ever had. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of similarities with these, with uh, basically introducing Grievous in cartoon form before um, he showed up in Revenge of the Sith, similar to how Boba Fett was introduced. But yeah, and it was like, here's new Star Wars. It kind of felt like the movies. It was characters from the movies you'd just seen. And it was the Clone Wars, which is the thing everybody wanted to see more of when we found out they were making Star Wars prequel movies. In Attack of the Clones, characters like Kit Fisto and... Luminara or Barris Ophie, you saw them for a handful of seconds in the movie. And here in this Clone Wars cartoon, these characters that at least we at the time fell in love with, here they were given big moments to shine. It was insanely exciting. Yeah. I was going to say, and, and as a cartoon, it was like as crazy as Attack of the Clones got, the cartoon kind of carried on that just... It's fast. It's like the faster and more intense version of a Star Wars cartoon because of the fact they're like, hey, we're going to make them three minutes. Right. And it's like, how much story can we cram in three minutes? You know, initially when we first started, we, we talked a lot about style and how's this going to translate into animation. But I'm definitely a you know, very uh, true fan of 2D traditional animation, you know, from Disney through Warner Brothers, through the Fleshers, through everything. You know, all the history that's established animation as an art form. So it was kind of important to us to create a style where it spoke true of Star Wars and uh, related to it, but it also had its own visual point of view. It, it made me think, too, when I was watching it, too. Like, I remember it wasn't just me. Like, people were generally extremely excited about this cartoon and extremely excited about these characters. And it made me think of a time, like, you know, when... Maybe people actually liked Attack of the Clones, you know? On November 12th, Hooda Man, Yoda Man. When you take home Star Wars Episode 2 on DVD, digitally filmed, digitally mastered, a perfect clone. Own the first major live-action film on DVD captured directly from its digital source. This two-disc set is packed with over six hours of bonus features you'll actually want to watch. Star Wars Episode 2, Yoda the Man, on DVD November 12th. Right after Attack of the Clones came out, I think everybody loved it. Yeah. It was, we can, that's a story for another day maybe, but yeah, I think people were still excited, but it's the thing too, I think with Clone Wars, the new one too is like, the prequels are so over the top and cartoony with real people that when you translate those characters and situations into cartoon, it's a little more palatable to people. It's true. 
because it feels a little less crazy when it's something that's animated as opposed to being like bed knobs and broomsticks and having real people in front of cartoon <laughs> backgrounds. Oh no, my friend. This is a mistake, a terrible mistake. They've gone too far. This is mad. I'm glad the cartoon exists in a way people can see it on YouTube, but it's, yeah, it's really strange for when Lucasfilm and now with Disney to have this really high quality Star Wars thing that they just don't know what to do with. Yeah, and it's not like it's like the holiday special where you actually watch it and you're like, okay, I get why you kind of swept this under the rug, but... Yeah, because it is kind of, I mean, that's a really good comparison. Is that they do? It is kind of being treated like the holiday special because that's the only other like Star Wars thing I can think of that's like exists and everybody knows about it, but it's not really talked about. Because even like droids and um, the Ewoks, they, they, those are still available on DVD, aren't they? I don't think they still are. All right, maybe those. But like the Ewok movies are back out. Those are out of print too. Did they? Okay. But they did re-release them at some point. They did. Yeah, they did. Um, well, and there were, at know. least for the Clone Wars cartoon, I mean, there were toys for the Ewoks and Droids show, but not a lot. But the Clone Wars cartoon, there were whole action figure lines and statues and... Oh, yeah. Those were really popular, too. I know a lot of people who, again, who weren't huge fans of the movies, but they loved the Clone Wars cartoon style statues and toys. Mm-hmm. There was also a whole comic uh, book line. There was the Clone Wars yeah. Adventures comics. Yeah. Based um, on the style of the show. Which I don't think those are on the Marvel app, actually. Fascinating. Huh. I need to double check, but those may be the only one of the few Star Wars comics that aren't actually on the Marvel app right now. And they were put out by Dark Horse. They were good, too. They were cool. Yeah, I read a bunch of them. The thing that attracted me to it, it has a slight anime feel to it and I'm very interested in anime and I was really interested in moving into a kind of animation that was very different from anything we'd done in the past and um, Gindy is very good at bridging that transition between traditional animation and anime so it's weird and if you've if you've never seen the show by all means go on YouTube and watch it because it's really kind of fascinating it's kind of outrageous too because one reason why I was when I was watching it, I was wondering, did Lucas kind of disown the show, kind of because like the Jedi in the show act more like superheroes than they do in any of the movies or in the other Clone Wars series? Like the Jedi in the show are really kind of outrageous. Yeah, it's definitely more over the top than anything you've seen, which is a saying a lot after. You know, after watching Attack of the Clones and saying there's something more outrageous and over the top than that, but it is. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and also, uh, the character, the characters are slightly different, especially I think at the time, it felt more like I could see it being the characters from the movies. But then after you know six seasons of Clone Wars, kind of expanding on those characters, seeing them again in this, some of the character stuff feels a little off. Like people have seen meaner than i would think like anakin's kind of mean in in these yeah but even when i went back and watched it anakin's total brattiness to me feels more attack of the clones hayden christensen 
Oh, totally. Because totally. I was I was watching it thinking like the like Jendi and his team only had Attack of the Clones to go on that Anakin, and it's like, well, yeah, we're getting like a real snotty voice, bratty Anakin Skywalker in this show. Master, I know you don't think I'm ready for a command of my own, but I am the best pilot in the order. Chancellor Palpatine knows it. I don't know why you can't... Padawan, your skills have never been in question. It is your maturity. I've argued this before, but the decision has been made. May the Force be with you, Commander. Yeah, I even, like, wrote that down, like, just how this Anakin is pretty much more true to the films than we get in the 3D Clone Wars. He's more whiny and he's mean. Yeah. Like, Filoni's Anakin is much more heroic. It's kind of the Anakin people wish they would have seen more of in the prequels, where this is basically the Anakin we saw. Yeah, yeah. In in Attack of the Clones. But that's a good point, like, just to think about that all this stuff happening with only having Attack of the Clones as reference and not them not knowing anything about what's going to happen in Revenge of the Sith, other than at some point they're like, hey, there's this character, General Grievous, who isn't even really the same character he ends up being in Revenge of the Sith either. You are surrounded. Your army is decimated. Make peace with the Bulls now. For this is your final hour. But know that I, General Grievous, am not completely without mercy. I will grant you a warrior's death. Which perhaps that's a reason why Disney has has disowned the film or the show because I mean you don't you could yeah like you said it could they could just say it's a Legends TV series and like whatever this isn't the same Grievous that's in the film or the later Clone Wars series this is Legends it's not canon yeah if they did a three theatrical release of this <laughs> I would go see it I think a lot of people would right in three D. I mean, I think it would be great. Or one day when there's this, the the Star Wars 20-disc Blu-ray box set, maybe this will be on it. Who knows? Jedi. Their order is a fading light in the dark. Corrupt and arrogant. They must be punished. If you thought it was over, you were wrong. Season one was more than you imagined. And season two will change the Star Wars universe forever. Star Wars Clone Wars Season 2. All new five-minute chapters begin Friday, March 26th at 9.30, only on Cartoon Network. The Jedi shall fall. But let's run through some of our favorite moments from the series real quick. And there's a lot. One thing I noticed is this the first is this the first time we saw ARC Troopers? You know, like, had Republic Commando already come out before this series? Oh, I don't remember. But I, the, I mean, even in Republic Commando, the game, or was there a book? Because in the game, they looked completely different than these. Yeah. Uh, but these guys were kind of based on, in Attack of the Clones, the leader clones. You know, there was some precedent from Attack of the Clones, and then they just threw a little bit more uh, shoulder pads and skirts on them. But yeah, we, we got to see ARC Troopers, who that... There's a lot of cool stuff in that episode. Well, and the clone troopers spinning their guns like Django. Yeah. That's a great touch. That's the thing where it's like it's it's going to be hard for us to even talk about all the stuff is like watching these episodes as short and concise as they are, you can tell that those guys basically poured over all the details from 
Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, like, and they jam that stuff in there. Yeah, like the Django gun flipping. Um, oh, and one thing I wanted to say, too, because you're kind of jumping ahead to the second, the first episode, which is basically just the kind of the synopsis of the season and gives you some hints of the episodes to come. That first shot, it's got Yoda riding on like a kangaroo looking thing. Mm-hmm. But one of the shots I thought was really cool going back and watching was the the kind of the last scene with Anakin floating up in his ship. Yeah. Looking at Padme in the window. Yeah. That totally feels like the scene in um, Revenge of the Sith where... Padme's looking out the window, and Anakin's, like, looking back at her. The, the really cool part right before Anakin goes to uh, save Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Almost feel like some of that's like, hey, you know, that was a cool thing in this cartoon that they kind of elaborated on. Well, did you notice at the end when they're fighting General Grievous, it, they say the planet Hypori, but it looks exactly like Jakku. I didn't even think about that. It does look like Jakku. Like with all the crashed spaceships. Yeah. And there's even like one part where they're hiding from Grievous and it looks like like a rib cage of a spaceship coming up out of the sand and it's like exactly like stuff we saw in Jakku. So another uh, Force Awakens thing is uh basically the, the episode just before the Grievous one where Anakin's fighting Ventress, the whole end of that fight is almost exactly the the uh Ray Kylo fight in Force Awakens as well too. Yeah. Except for Anakin basically gives in to the dark side where Rey kind of holds back, but the whole fighting on the edge there, basically pushing Ventress over the side, is like really close to what they did in Force Awakens. In the woods. In the woods. Yeah, and it, it is the Clone Wars. There, there's the whole arc too with um, on Ilum, where Luminara and Barris are assembling lightsabers there with the, the the crystals from Ilum. Is that the first mention of kyber crystals in like with someone actually saying the words like the crystals power the lightsaber? I would think. In a visual, like, moving, animated, live-action form, definitely. Yeah. The crystal is the heart of the blade. The heart is the crystal of the Jedi. The Jedi is the crystal of the Force. The Force is the blade of the heart. All are intertwined. The crystal. The blade. The Jedi. 
You are one. You have taught me well. Master Luminara, remember always, the crystal is the heart of the blade. There is Ophi. Your training is complete. Um, and that's another, I think, thing going back where Clone Wars basically just remade that episode. Yeah. With Ilum and, you know, Jedi's getting in trouble. I don't know why. I had totally forgot in, the, in those, that arc when uh, they cut to Yoda and he's in Amidala's ship that there's a, that Captain Typho was in this. Oh, I forgot about that, too. And I, yeah, I almost died of a heart attack. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, it's Typho. I forgot. <laughs> I got Typho fever. Yeah. To Ilum, we must go now. This is not a rescue ship. May I remind our Master Jedi we have a more pressing mission. A slight detour. Jeopardize the mission. It will not. A slight detour. Jeopardize the mission. It will not. Be put in danger. The senator will not. Be put in danger. The senator will not. Save the lives of Jedi. We must. Save the lives of Jedi. We must. Master Yoda, I am convinced. I will not require my captain's further persuasion. Huh? And it's it's interesting too, like how like after having watched and spent so much time with the the 3D Clone Wars show, kind of seeing how much this show influenced it. Right, and we can mention this again when we do the uh, in a future date when we do the second half of the the series when we talk about that. But there w- there was an interview with Tartovsky from I think last year. Where he said he was kind of it was kind of painful for him that the the other series basically replaced his, and he really didn't watch when asked how he if he watched the Dave Filoni series he said he didn't so obviously there's I mean there's hurt feelings but I mean even like Asajj Ventress who you know, is a really popular character and lasted the whole run of the, the Filoni cartoon series. She came from this show. Have you been watching, Master? I have indeed, Lord Tyrannus. The child's skill with a lightsaber are most impressive. You have found a promising disciple, my apprentice. She shall serve us well. I am honored. Let me introduce my master. The true Lord of the Sith, Darth Sidious. What is your bidding? A Jedi named Anakin Skywalker. You will find him for us and eliminate him. Jedi, their order is a fading light in the dark. Corrupt and arrogant, they must be punished. The Jedi shall fall. Consider this a gift. Yeah, because she was um, from the what Attack of the Clones art book, right? As a as a possible design for Dooku. Yeah, and then she ended up in the cartoon, and everybody loved her, and they kept her in Clone Wars. And it's interesting with Dirge as well, where he was created for the whole Clone Wars kind of multimedia stuff that they were supposed to bring him over for to 3D Clone Wars as well, and they ended up changing their mind and creating Cad Bane. Um, and then as far as the costume designs, Obi-Wan's Clone Wars costume with a little bit of clone armor built in was originally from this, which is a really cool episode where 
<clears throat> dirge on speeder bikes and a bunch of IG-88 looking guys on speeder bikes joust. Clone troopers and Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan's basically full on clone trooper armor. Yeah. Um, with his Jedi robes over top. Yeah. I'm on my way. Uh, Padme Snow outfit. Mm-hmm. Which you still see at conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I the space battle stuff in this series. Like, there's a whole arc of Anakin basically just, you know, like, I kept thinking of Obi-Wan in A New Hope talking about how Anakin was the best star pilot in the galaxy and a cunning warrior. It's like, you see this. Or you see that in this show, I don't know, maybe more than any other time before or after, maybe? Yeah, the only thing other than this is just the the intro in Revenge of the Sith, where we get to see him and Obi-Wan flying in the films. But yeah, there's a lot of fighter Anakin in this. Also, too, I mean, little touches, too, where they have Anakin do do his spinning tricks. Yeah. When he's trying to escape from droids. Right. What was that? I don't know, General. That's not one of ours. No, General. That was Anakin. Yes, General. Anakin. It's under control, Master. You're supposed to be in space leading our forces. It's under control. Under control? I don't think so. Your place is with your squadrons, young one. Not... Not chasing one ship through the city streets. Master, this is no droid pilot. And the force is with him. I can't let him get away. Oh, another obvious 3D Clone Wars influence is the the whole Kit Fisto Mon Calamari episode. Oh, completely. Um, Again, that's like another one that they basically remade in the Filoni show. Yeah, which that episode blew my mind the first time because it was like we were already loved fisto yeah and it was like oh man it's fisto wait he doesn't have any clothes on wait he's diving into the water with scuba troopers master fisto in these matters trust your insight we do may the force be with you we get to see lightsabers underwater for the first time with steam coming off of them yeah or lightsabers in the rain yeah that whole part um, back to the yeah, the Anakin Ventress fighting. There's so many just great shots of yeah, just the rain hitting the lightsabers, and that reminds me just a, a thing with this series in general too, which maybe this ties into how they didn't want him for the Clone Wars series because there wasn't a lot of the drama part of the story, but because there isn't that, and it's more just pure, it's like pure animation. There's a lot of just great sequences of just pure animation without any dialogue, just sound effects and animation. Yeah. Um, That that part in the rain is just like, you know, there's just long shots of just the characters standing still, but the raindrops, you know, hitting the blade and turning to steam. Like there's a lot of really great stuff like that in the series. Right. I think it's possibly one of the most underrated things that exist in Star Wars history. And one of the, oddest chapters and it's in 
I mean, to us, it still feels like Star Wars recent history, but it's been kind of so, like I said, swept under the rug or not talked about. It's kind of disappeared. Yeah. Because there's, you know, there was weren't any panels or discussions or anything about it at any of the celebrations, I don't think. No, and I remember at Celebration 3, they showed on a theater screen all of it, like all two hours of it. And it was it was packed. It was sold out. Like we, do you remember we tried to get into it? And it was just like, no, it's sold out. We can't go yeah. in. It was, yeah. And since then, nothing. No. There's very little... Uh... In Star Wars stuff, too, that's this, there's, like, no filler. That one hour is just, like, nonstop good times and cool stuff, and it doesn't ever get slow, and there's just so many good little little moments and scenes. Right. Just, you know, right off the bat in the first episode, other than the cool Anakin Padme glance thing, their Palpatine is great. He looks like Dracula, like yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. My army is ready, Chancellor. We can leave immediately. Yes, and young Skywalker as well. I suggest that we give him special command of your space forces. His exceptional skill will be quite useful. Chancellor, I feel that Padawan Anakin is not yet ready for such responsibility. True. With his master at Padawan's place is. But undeniably strong he has become. Perhaps... Then it is decided. I love um, clicking his fingers together and they look like bones. Yeah. Um, which is cool kind of going back to how Attack of the Clones Palpatine looked older than Revenge of the Sith Palpatine. Yeah. Because they kind of changed their mind on how he turned old. But then there's the great shot of Anakin and Obi-Wan just jumping out of the ship, which almost feels too superhero-y, but they did it in Attack of the Clones, you mm-hmm. know, jumping out of the cars. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan mentions Qui-Gon just to get Qui-Gon in there. Right. I doubt even Master Qui-Gon could have prepared a Jedi for this. We talked a little bit about, yeah, the clone, the arc troopers, all the hand signal stuff, getting to see the banking clan guys, more of the banking clan guys. Like, mm-hmm. they never really get much face time in the movies. Was awesome. The Muns. Or the Muns. Moons or whatever. The whole uh, kind of introduction to Ventress with the arena. Right. And all the cool creatures that are fighting. You are more powerful than I had sensed. The dark side is strong in me, for I am Sith. <laughs> A bold claim, but you are not Sith. You wear the trappings of the Sith, you fight like the Sith, but this can be imitated, however. You lack a vital quality found in all Sith. Sith have no fear, and I sense much fear in you. You are a foolish old man who knows nothing of the dark side. <laughs> Indeed. The Mace Windu episode, basically start to finish. Unbelievable. No dialogue. Unbelievable. No dialogue. Yeah, no dialogue. Mace loses his saber and basically does force kung fu, where he just... Punches of droids and they explode. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, and then did you notice it has the awesome, the ending, it's basically the Mean Joe Green Coke commercial. Mm-hmm. So that whole, yeah, if you're going to only watch one episode, that one is just start to finish great. And then, yeah, the, what, almost three, four episode uh, Ventress uh, Anakin fight is great. 
And we get to see Katie Mundy. Yeah, there's a little bit of Katie Mundy. And the Grievous thing was insanely exciting when that came out. Yeah, because we had probably, what, just weeks before they had the hyperspace behind the scenes with the concept art stuff for Grievous. Yeah, and we didn't know anything that was going on. There was, like, rumors of a droid general in Revenge of the Sith, and there were, like, rumors that his name was General Grievous. And then that hyperspace thing came out, and then, guess what? He's on the Clone Wars cartoon, like, two weeks later. Like, we were going crazy. Yeah. And he's way eviler and tougher in this than he ended up in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, he's like the Terminator. Yeah, and they're just terrified of him. Yeah. The one uh, Scooby-Doo shaggy Jedi just freaks out and runs out and Grievous steps on him. Yeah, kills him. Just straight up kills him. I can't see anything. That noise. He is coming alone. We can't face him. We must try, Padawan. It's close, but where? It's all around us. Calm yourself. Steady. lightsabers in his feet yeah and i like that that episode ended where we had no idea if like shakti was dead i remember watching it and being like oh my god did they just kill shakti and moondy it's like how do you can't kill moondy you can't kill moondy kill me instead don't kill moondy (laughs) take me that's it, it was it was it was a very important and exciting time in being a Star Wars fan when that show was out. And it holds up. Like, I was thinking, if you had, like, for a young kid who maybe saw Force Awakens or something, if you wanted to show him just an awesome blast of Star Wars, those would be perfect. Yeah, I can't imagine there's a child or young person anywhere that would not explode watching these. Yeah. Because it's just, yeah, they're just relentless, fun, and awesome. It's almost like watching kids play with Star Wars action figures, where Jedi are just flying all around. I I recommend, if you haven't watched it before, or if it's been years since you've watched it, go on YouTube and pull it up. We'll post the ones we're talking about on on our Facebook page. But it's worth a revisit or going and seeing it for the first time. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough to people. As much as everyone's grown to love the 3D Clone Wars, and as much as I still love the 3D Clone Wars, like going back to this, like it's just fun to watch. Yeah, and it you know it doesn't have the depth and character development and drama that six seasons of Clone Wars has. But if yeah, if you just want like to eat some Star Wars candy, <laughs> <laughs> you can can't do much better than popping Clone Wars in your mouth. You fought in the Clone Wars. Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. And a cunning warrior. 
I understand you've become quite a good pilot yourself. And he was a good friend. Okay, so Gabe, we got two new iTunes reviews. Let's get through them. All right. All right, first one is from Paladod. I think I'm saying that right. And Paladod writes, Laugh Out Loud Funny Star Wars Podcast. Uh, Two moof milkers walk into a cantina, and the next thing you know, you're laughing hysterically. Never mind that your severed hairy bloody arm is lying on the floor. I stumbled onto Blast Points after I'd seen TFA and after my nonprofit had put out Star Wars Rivals. Oh, hey, this is from uh, Jay, the Star Wars Rivals. Oh, great. And I'm loving Jason and Gabe's commentary. I listen to around 10 different Star Wars podcasts, and Blast Points is one of my favorites. Jason and Gabe are hilarious, and the way they incorporate sound clips is genius. <gasps> Definitely recommend listening to this podcast. All right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, this one, we got another one from Ventura72. And Ventura writes, so close to making me appreciate the prequels. <laughs> Every little bit. Every little bit helps. And, I, you know, I'll take it. They write, the, this podcast is pretty much every conversation I've ever had with my friends about Star Wars. I love the nostalgic sound bites that set the tone and take you back. The best part about this cast is how silly and crazy topics can get. And then, bam, poignant theory that makes you rethink everything about the movies or shows and make you want to watch them all over again. Good job. All right. Thank you. Awesome. You know, and I I would agree with that. Would you say we get pretty silly? Occasionally. (laughs) From time to time. <laughs> but thank you, Ventura72 and Paladad. Thank, thank you. you. Thank 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 you. Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. Good. Send them in. And then I wanted to give uh, a special shout-outs to we got an amazing message on our Facebook page from Dave Hackerson where Dave was going in depth with us about things we had no idea about force tree like talking about force trees and the the religious nature of trees in Japan yeah really fascinating stuff yeah so thank you for all those messages Dave we loved them uh, we want to give a, a shout out to um, Superfan Jacob, who last weekend went to the Toronto Fan Expo wearing a Blast Points t-shirt that he had made at like a two-hour t-shirt place. <laughs> yeah. And he got his photo taken with Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself, while wearing his pretty much homemade Blast Points t-shirt. That's a beautiful thing. And these last points, too accurate for sand people... Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. 
So we want to read your five-star iTunes review on the next show. And all you got to do is go on iTunes, leave us a review, write something, and we'll read it on an upcoming show. You can contact us on our Facebook page, um, send us stuff, comments, questions, whatever you want. You can also contact you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. We love questions, comments, whatever, whatever you want to send to us. Fan yeah. art. Fan art. We like to read. Cupcakes. Pizza coupons. <laughs> yeah. You got any two for one uh, coupons sent them our way? You got a hot deal on pizza in the town you live in? Let us know. Maybe we'll be there and we'll check that out. Yeah. But yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this, right, Gabe? You got anything else? I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll be back next week with something. But yeah, thank you for listening to Blast Points 38, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Beard. May the force 